fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the program. You know, I've told you many times before that I apologize for my generation, and I just want to throw that out there right now. I'm sorry. I am sorry for the stupid things that we do sometimes. We've created the dumbest things in the world, all for hits and for likes and for follows on social media. I'm telling you, we couldn't have a more ridiculous generation sometimes just to try and get some 15 minutes of fame or popularity. Not even 15 minutes, but two minutes of fame and popularity to have some people like you on social media. We created, and again, I apologize, I'm sorry, We, my generation, we created the Tide Pod Challenge to try and eat a Tide Pod because that makes all the sense in the world. Just because it looks bright and colorful does not mean you should eat it. It's like a five-year-old or a two-year-old. Not even a five-year-old, a two-year-old. Try it. Don't put that in your mouth. Stop it. My little voice of reason, when she was one, two years old, you know, starting to tease and anything she gets her hands on, let's go ahead and eat it. You don't want, like, Legos and small things around because they're going to eat it. I feel like my generation's still stuck in that. Hey, don't put that in your mouth. We started the Tide Pod Challenge. We started the Condom Snorting Challenge because apparently we don't know what that uh, product is actually used for <laughs> because they're never using it. <laughs> they have a, They don't have a need to use it. The condom snorting challenge. What was the other ones? There were some really stupid ones. The boiling there, or the, uh, what was it? The uh, hot stove challenge. Put your hand on the hot stove. See how long you can last there. Just stupid things. You videotape it, you put it on social media, and that's apparently the cool thing to do. There's a new warning out. I saw this as I was getting ready for the program. I was literally about ready to go on, and I saw this new headline. Again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're here. I'm sorry that we have such stupid people in the world. I'm sorry that we have people that just don't use common sense. There is a new headline. Don't cook chicken in NyQuil. What? The FDA is warning about dangerous social media challenges to where now people are using NyQuil in their pot to boil chicken with NyQuil. And now they're overdosing on antihistamines. Um, because of the issue with the NyQuil. While most of us would recoil in horror from such a dangerous suggestion, adolescents and young adults continue to be susceptible to social media dares like this one, according to the U.S. Drug and Food Administration. Quote, one social media trend relying on peer pressure is online video clips of people misusing non-prescription medications and encouraging viewers to do so as well. These video challenges, which often target youth, can harm people and even cause death. With the recent challenge posted on social media, encouraging those to cook chicken in a mixture of antihistamine, uh, uh, of uh, ectaminophen, um, all the stuff that's in NyQuil, the basic ingredients of NyQuil and some other similar over-the-counter cough and cold products, quote, boiling a medication can make them more concentrated and change its properties in other ways, according to the FDA. Even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication vapors while cooking can cause high levels of the drug to enter your body. It can also harm your lungs. This is a new trend coming from TikTok challenges of eating NyQuil chicken and then videotaping it and posting it online. I'm, uh, uh, I'm telling you, man. 
I'm telling you, the generations get keep getting dumber. I saw a meme a while ago on social media of how back in the day, caveman times, we used to use smiley faces and used to use different, I guess you could call them emojis. We used to use emojis by carving them into rocks to communicate one another. Now we're going back to using emojis because we can't spell out proper words when we text to individuals. And now we have to use emojis to express our emotions as well. We are de-evolving back into the caveman times. I'm not one that's much in the believing of the whole, you know, apocalypse of the end of the world kind of thing happening but maybe there's a point to where we start off as neanderthals and now we're going to go back and end as neanderthals as well nyquil doesn't even sound good people that drink nyquil they can't stand the taste of nyquil that stuff tastes nasty it works but it tastes nasty and to cook it in your chicken and then have this green piece of chicken this greenish bluish piece of chicken that you eat why why would you do this crap I'm much older than my generation, I think, in spirit. Welcome into the program. This is The Voice Series, and I'm Andy Hoosier. we got a lot to get to today. Bottom of the hour, we have Troy Anderson. He is a co-author of the book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. We've had his other co-author on the program, Colonel David Giamona. We've had him on. Now we're going to have Troy Anderson on the show. We're going to talk about this finally. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have gone a day without a lot of coverage from the mainstream media on the funerals of Queen Elizabeth II out of the UK. Finally, we have been able to do it after two weeks of reigning and dominating our mainstream media here in the United States. We finally have stopped talking about it. So what do we do on this show? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about King Henry, uh, King William III now that he's taken it. And apparently he is one to keep an eye on. And is he a threat to the United States? Is he a threat to our laws, our way of governance here in the country as he is fighting for a new realm of globalism, a new world order, the Great Reset? He's been a big proponent of that. In fact, he's come out and said that militarily they need to have a military to fight against the great private sector of the world i know i know so what kind of threats will king william the third present here to the united states we'll talk about that here coming up in just a little bit but the big news of the day of course what's trending today uh the big news of the day is what joe biden said just yesterday at a car show in detroit as he's touring and again talking about influencers on tiktok talking to young tiktokers again there's a guy that i follow and he's actually kind of interesting on TikTok. He's a young kid. I don't know how these people think of this stuff to think it's going to be popular and then it blow up and actually be popular, but he randomly goes up to people with really, really fancy, expensive cars on the street, just runs up to him and says, hey, I love your car. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a engineer. Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm a YouTuber. Oh, I'm a whatever. Oh, that's so cool. And they're sitting there in like a $400,000 car. And that's his show. That's what he does. He goes on TikTok and he runs up to people and asks them what they do for a living and says, I love your car or I love your house. What do you do for a living? That's what he does. He's gone viral and he makes massive amounts of money doing it. Well, apparently he met the president of the United States at this car show in Detroit and he was able to do that to the president as well, meaning... It wasn't a random thing, meaning Secret Service allowed him in. They did the screening and they're like, hey, let's reach out to the young generation. And he went and talked to the president while the president was sitting in this uh, car. I think it was, I don't know, some fancy car. I don't even know. doesn't matter. Walked up to him. Mr. President, what do you do for a living? And then he talked about the car. Well, at the same time, while Joe Biden was out trying to act like he was in public and be somewhat coherent, we get into the Biden basement today. Let's go into the Biden basement. 
Outside of hanging out with young TikTokers and YouTubers trying to act like he's the cool, hip, retro kind of guy as president of the United States at almost 80 years old and can barely scuffle his feet across the floor, he also sat down with 60 Minutes where he said this. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Whoa. Did you know that? Have you heard? The pandemic's over. It's officially over. We can celebrate. Everybody apparently has gotten their COVID-19 vaccines. Everybody is still wearing their masks, and everybody's functioning as normal now. So the pandemic is officially over, according to the President of the United States. Now, what does that mean? Well, he's kind of backed himself into a corner. In fact, Democrats are now wondering who let this idiot off of his leash. Can someone please explain to me how he was able to get in front of a camera and a microphone? Can someone please explain to him that the pandemic is not over because if he declares the pandemic to be over, they can't pass their additional COVID-19 funding, which is what Democrats are trying to do, to the sums of five to six hundred billion dollars. That's yes, that's with a B. They can't try and do their student loan forgiveness because that means they're trying to use the COVID-19 pandemic and a declaration of emergency to try and pass their student loan forgiveness program that they would not be able to do. They wouldn't be able to pass their Environmental Protection Agency regulations in the sums of hundreds of millions of dollars because all of that was under the centralization of the executive branch and the fourth branch of government that is the bureaucratic agencies under their declaration of independence because we're in a pandemic and a state of emergency because of the health risks. So, with all that being said, with all that being said, he has now literally put every Democrat budgetary plan in jeopardy because he says the pandemic is over. And Democrats are losing their minds on why he would say something like that. According to Tim Kaine, Democrat from Virginia, COVID is not over. According to the quote from ABC News, he says, "On uh, I don't know what he meant. Some people use pandemic or epic, uh, epidemic or other phrases, and he said that COVID isn't over. The pandemic is over, but the way I look at it, COVID isn't over. They're in retract mode right now. They're in damage control mode, which what Democrats usually are. They do something stupid, and then they try and go into damage control here. Dick Durbin, the variants are still out there. We're all hoping that it's over, but nobody's going to predict with certainty that it actually is. I know I'm not. The president has asked in the past not just for pandemic funds for COVID-19, but to prepare for what might be next, and I think that's always obvious and fair to do that. According to Dick Durbin, maybe that's his approach to, uh, to this. I would have to ask. If he declares that the pandemic is over, all the great goodies of COVID-19 funding and bailouts to the states and to the hospitals and all the COVID-19 relief stuff and all of the socialist programs they were trying to throw under the cover and umbrella of a COVID-19 pandemic, all of that goes away. All that goes away. And now Democrats who had some high hopes and ramming some things uh, things through before the election time or hoping they had a majority after to try and ram it through thereafter too, now all that's been shot. Thanks to their own fearless leader, Mr. Joe Biden. How you feeling there, buddy? Come on, man. Get a life. <laughs> if this were the case, which I really hope it is because you're right, the, you're right, Joe Biden, the pandemic is over. And it's not because the FDA said it was. It's because we just don't care what you think anymore. We just don't care. 
We don't care what you say about COVID-19. We don't care what you say about the pandemic anymore. We don't care about the mask mandates you try to impose, even though there are school districts around the country still imposing mask mandates right now. If the pandemic's over, that crap better end right now. I feel like I'm talking to my daughter right now. That better stop right now, I'll tell you what. That better end now from every local school district, from the Department of Education, any type of guidance or recommendation or regulation on vaccines and on masks need to end, period, right now, if he says the pandemic's over. Now, this is coming the same time that the CDC and the FDA is trying to say that, well, we just need to get the COVID-19 vaccines and a booster every single year, either yearly or bi-yearly, with our flu shot. According to the FDA officials, they say, quote, that's why God gave us two arms, so we can get two jabs, one on each arm, every single year between the flu and the COVID-19. Oh, they said that. Oh, yes. But why would we need to do that if the pandemic's over? Does that make any sense to anybody? Hey, why would we still need to get a booster if the pandemic's over? Because either you have the natural immunity, which Dr. Fauci still ignores and doesn't like to admit, or you've already taken the boosters and you don't need to worry about it because while there are still variants, they're not going anywhere. We've kind of come accustomed to them and we're getting things back to normal where we just don't care. But man, throwing the Democrats under the bus right before election season when they wanted another almost trillion dollar spending plan for COVID-19 relief, when they're still telling children they can't go to school without the vaccine or the mask, when businesses are still saying you have to get the jab in order for you to work here, even remotely, and I have a story for that later on as well, he's saying the pandemic's over. Why are we fussing? We're getting back to normal. The boiling of the blood from the Democrat side right now from their own party. It's kind of fun to watch, isn't it? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, man, the pandemic's over, according to Joe Biden, which it is. They're, you know, it's always questionable on whether there even was a pandemic in the first place. There was, but was it really necessary the way that we handled it? I think that's the question that's on the minds of a lot of individuals, especially you that may have an essential business that was deemed non-essential because how dare you open up your mom-and-pop shop while Walmart and all the other great massive companies and corporations were able to keep their doors open because they're essential. You, though? Ah, Just wait for that government check to take care of you for a little bit. That's what it was all about. Uh, And the Great Reset continues. We'll talk about the Great Reset here after the bottom of the hour here in just a couple of minutes with Troy Anderson. But the question is, have we learned our lesson or are we still falling for the same tricksters right now? There was a hearing. I love picking on Fauci because he's while he's like the smartest doctor supposedly in the country, he's not a very smart guy. (laughs) And you can definitely tell the difference between science that opposed, supposedly he is. Remember, he doesn't follow science. He is science. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? Do you think he is science? I don't know. I have a better term for him. He's a jackass. Oh, okay. All right, just making sure. So there was a hearing just a couple days ago from Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, which is always fun to listen to the back and forth between those two. But Rand Paul brought up a really great point about something that Dr. Fauci said back in 2004. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. 
And so she if, not she get re- it. if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu, she right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. There is still a lawsuit ongoing all over the country, multiple different lawsuits. There's a major one right now from the military because the military being the quote unquote social experiment that we're seeing in society today where, you know, we're we're going to just not focus on military training in, in defense of the nation, but we're actually going to make it the social experiment for other Garbage is a lawsuit ongoing on whether the military handled the vaccine mandates unconstitutionally, not giving a religious exemption to those in the military that did not want the COVID-19 jab and the vaccine. There's an ongoing lawsuit on that and the question of morality and ethics and constitutionality on whether you have to force the military. Now, I would think unfortunately, and I'm not saying this with pride or that I actually agree with this in any way, shape, or form, but when you sign over to the military, you essentially sign over your entire life. Literally, if you end up dying in combat, you sign over your life. So I know the military for the longest time has been kind of that social experiment and the uh, cesspool of experimentation on the number of vaccines that they get, and it's kind of sad. But there are lawsuits still ongoing because they forced it onto so many individuals when even Fauci admitted that with a virus, with a flu virus and other viruses, that if you get naturally infected, that is a better immunity to fight it off later than it is to get a vaccine that just puts the antibodies in your system to hopefully be able to recognize it and fight it off later. He admitted that then. Now, regardless of what he tries to say now, he has not admitted that during the COVID-19 pandemic. At all. In fact, he said that if you get uh, infected, you still need to get the vaccine because you still need to continue to boost those antibodies in your body. Rand Paul questioned him on that fact, and he tried to change up the conversation just a little bit. Well, I don't uh, reject basic immunology, Senator, and I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. However, as we have said many times, and as has been validated by the authorization of the, by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee, that a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film... (laughs) An added extra boost. Okay. All right. Totally different than what you just said, that if you have the virus and you don't need to worry about it, we'll continue because, oh, he said more. Oh, he said more. This is their, again, damage control and covering up the last couple of years after their Great Reset. What's the Great Reset looking forward? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program, making it happen, rocking a post-Monday celebration today. Welcome in, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Look again, I apologize. I am sorry for the stupid things we <laughs> that we do. This whole let's cook chicken in NyQuil and eat it as a challenge on TikTok. Dude, this takes... What's worse, this one or the Tide Pod challenge, you think? 
makes my brain hurt just a little bit. Welcome back in. So we have apparently, according to Joe Biden, if you haven't heard the news, big news today. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. There it is. Pandemic's over. Don't have to worry about it anymore. Now, of course, they still try to ram through COVID-19 stimulus, quote-unquote, money, which they can't do if there's not a declaration of emergency because the pandemic's over. They can't try and lump in the whole disaster funding for student loan forgiveness for the Democrats that they want if the pandemic's over because there's no declaration of emergency any longer. So he kind of threw the wrench in the Democrats. Democrats a little angry with him. And then we're kind of looking at the 2020 hindsight. What have we done? What have we learned from this mess? And what can we do to move forward as we start to catch up Fauci left and right with his continued lies and fabrications and manipulations? We just played before the break the clip of him back in 2004. Now, if you have the flu, you don't need to worry about a vaccine. Why would you get a vaccine? Because getting the flu itself and getting the virus is the strongest way to build up your immunity. Now he says that's just not the case. Well, I don't reject basic immunology, Senator, and I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. However, as we have said many times and as has been validated by the authorization of the by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee that a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine and asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. And as a matter of fact... What? Wait a second. That was taken out of context. We took a call by phone. He had to clarify. By phone, had to take a caller saying they had an adverse reaction to the vaccine and therefore should they get another one. What does that have to do with him literally saying if you've already gotten the flu, you don't need the vaccine? Regardless of what the question was about... Even then, should we call him and say, I had an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine? Do I need to get it? Oh, well, if you already had COVID, then you don't need to worry about it. Well, wait a second. We're just going to shut up for a second. Let's go to our guest here, shall we? What's trending today? With the push for this quote-unquote great reset, because that's what they've been pushing with this entire COVID-19 pandemic. Is that still ongoing? Are they using COVID for still the great reset, or what other means are they using? And now, finally, for the first day in two weeks, we can actually turn on the news, kind of, sort of. Well, I don't want to anyways, but if you do turn it on, not have to see what's going on over in the UK, because I just don't care about the transition from Queen Elizabeth to King William III. But is it a concern and a cause for concern here in the U.S. and for the global market? Excited to have on the program, and uh, we've had him on the program before. He is the co-author of The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. Excited to have on the program with us today, Mr. Troy Anderson. Troy, how are you, my friend? Hi, uh, Andy. I'm doing great. It is great to have you on the program. First off, the most important question I have to ask you, uh, what is worth t- worse, the Tide Pod Challenge or eating chicken cooked in NyQuil? <laughs> so it sounds like uh, eating chicken cooked in NyQuil. So it doesn't sound very good. Yeah, 
That's kind of weird. Don't know why that's a new challenge on TikTok. Uh, let's talk about this. I, you just heard the clip of uh, Dr. Fauci. They are still defending the fact that you need to get the COVID-19 vaccine even if you've been um, you know, exposed to COVID and you've gotten COVID because now the facts of actually building up immunity naturally doesn't matter. But according to Joe Biden, the pandemic's over. So does that mean that the reset's all done? They don't have to worry about this anymore? Or what's their plan now? Yeah, it's interesting that right before the uh, upcoming elections, now the the pandemic is over. You know, as we as we put in our new book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, uh, there, there's been this massive, unprecedented deception, disinformation, even psychological operations. What the militaries have, uh, you know, conducted many many times over over the decades, and, and it's now been targeted on us. So uh, this this whole thing is this uh, has been. Uh, just massive deception and and you know all all kinds of political things going on here. So uh, it's it's curious that the president is now saying the pandemic's over right before the election. Yeah, I think it was almost a slip up because Democrats want to spend. And I mean, as we talk about a great reset financially, economically, we are in a complete disaster with the trillions of dollars we spent in COVID-19 relief funding. They're trying to lump in uh, the student loan forgiveness program under that. They're trying to lump in the Green New Deal garbage under all this COVID-19 declaration of emergency. Did he just throw a wrench in the system uh, unintentionally by saying that this is done? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like uh, this goes counter to what the Democrats are trying to accomplish here. Uh, but but he, he's just eyeing the election now. That's that's their, their primary concern is that uh, they, they don't want to see a red wave in, in November. Yeah, that is true. Let's uh, look over the pond for a second and talk about the United Kingdom. I am tired of hearing about the queen. I mean, God rest her soul. Outside of that, she's not our queen. I don't care. We don't need wall-to-wall coverage from our mainstream media here in the U.S. Uh, I've been joking that we don't. Uh, I mean, I stopped caring about that in 1776. Nonetheless, the new king that's taken over, King William III, from what I've heard, and you can kind of enlighten us a little bit more on this, that he's not going to be the most friendly to private sector, limited government, laissez-faire markets globally, is he? Yeah, yeah. unlike uh, Queen Elizabeth, who's largely apolitical and, you know, polls show she's greatly beloved around the world. Uh, king, king Charles III, uh, you know, former Prince Charles, He's been a, a big proponent of what's what the World Economic Forum calls the Great Reset of Capitalism, and so you know just just back in uh, uh, 2000 November of 2021, he was at the the COP26 United Nations Climate Change Conference in Scotland, and called for a, a global fundamental economic transition uh, as accomplished without the approval of sovereign nation states. He said this would cost trillions, not billions of dollars, and require a quote vast military style campaign. So he's He's, you know, closely uh, aligned with the World Economic Forum and their 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 push for this new global system, sort of a technocratic uh, global governance system. And so it's going to be interesting to see if he continues to talk about this kind of thing and, and use his influence now to help help push that forward. I don't know much about UK politics. Uh, I do know that the lineage of the monarchy, the kings and queens and, and all of them, I don't know how much political power they actually have because Parliament pretty much runs things, at least from what I'm aware of. So now that he is, and you're right, I mean, Charles instead of William, they have these four names and they're like, oh, I'm going to randomly draw this one out of the bucket here. Uh, but King Charles now, what type of power and influence does he have? And now that they are more of a celebrity status as opposed to actually having political power to a certain degree, what is he capable of? Is he if he does try to actually come out on a political stance and advocate for some things? 
yeah, as I understand it, he doesn't have political power, but but he does have influence, and and uh, you know obviously he can command the world's attention via the media, you know. So so the question will be, will he continue to speak at these different events? Uh, will he push? You know, because he and his dad, uh, uh, Prince Philip, have been long time uh, proponents of uh, you know uh, uh, working to address climate change. Uh, Save endangered species, uh, that, that kind of thing. It all fits in with this, this great reset. That's part of their, their main push here is uh, we need to have, uh, you know, reduce you know the, our carbon footprint, reduce pollution, uh, all, all kinds of things along those lines. And so it'll be interesting to see if he uses that that influence to, to further that that agenda. What do you think he meant when he talked about that vast military-style campaign? He had talked about a military campaign against the private sector. What do you think that actually entails? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, essentially what we saw the last several years, uh, you know, I wrote a book you know, several years ago called The Babylon Code, essentially an expose of, of globalism. <clears throat> and, um, you know, with, when President Trump was in there, we saw this sort of all-out attack against him for four years. And the reason why this is happening is the globalists, you know, don't like him because, you know, he's pushing an America first agenda. And so, you know, the, essentially the idea was to get him out of the way and then they can move forward with their great reset plans, this new world system. And, and, and apparently, you know, Ch- China is sort of the model for this, this system. You know, China has these social credit scores where if you don't toe the line, the, you know, the, the Communist Party line, then they can potentially, you know, turn off your bank account. They can prevent you from renting an apartment, getting a good job, getting air, air tickets, that kind of thing. And there's already like I think over a dozen countries that now have this. And, then, you know, the idea is they want to eventually roll it out worldwide. And so that that's part of this this great reset system is it's it's economic control it's it's a surveillance state it's use of artificial intelligence uh, to get everybody to sort of you know move into line with this new woke woke uh, wokeism that we're seeing in, in society today. Yeah, it is unfortunate. We got about forty five seconds here before we have to take a hard break. But how important is it to be aware of this? And are we too far gone moving towards this great new reset and the social credit score, this utopia, or is there something we can do to fight back and stop it? Yeah, so that that's why the colonel and I wrote the military guide to disarming deceptions to help, uh, you know, t- teach people what what's really happening, discern the truth, see through all the deceptions and lies, and uh, and it's a sort of a guide, to, especially for parents, to help their kids navigate this this new or- Orwellian world that we find ourselves in. I love it. It's the military guide to disarming deception, battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph on truth. You can find it online. You can find the book at Amazon. You can also go to the website at battle-ready.org and find the book there as well. Troy Anderson, co-author of the book. Troy, it's great to have you on the program, my friend. I appreciate all the great information. Let's get you back on again real soon. Yeah, thank you much. Hey, appreciate it very much. All right, we'll take a break. we got one more segment when we come back to wrap things up. We'll break this down. Can we stop the Great Reset? What does the Great Reset look like? And how do we stop it? We'll use some of these tactics and more to expose what the heck's going on right here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out last few minutes of the program. Thanks again to Troy Anderson coming on the show. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. Find them online at battle-ready.org. Expose the corruption. Expose the Great Reset Plan. Expose what the heck they're trying to do. 
So I've been pondering this for a while now with this whole transition of power in the UK again. I, I, I just don't care. I just don't care. I mean, Queen Elizabeth, okay, great. She was kind of apolitical. She stayed out of it. She was more of the celebrity status. Everybody loved her because she had been there for so long. I know where I'm based out of with Candace here and the former president that was based from Candace. Dwight D. Eisenhower, I know that her and him were good buddies and friends, and they had sent letters to each other, so it was a big deal. Where I came from, we, that was in the headlines and the news for a while. I, outside of that, I just don't care because we're not part of the monarchy. We're not part of the kingship, and I don't understand that philosophy to want to live under that style of governance, of having a king, and long live the king and long live the queen. They're going to rule over us as a human uh, with all that power. Because we recognize as Americans when we started our revolution that nobody should have that type of power because everybody is flawed. So therefore, let's keep government limited. Let's keep individuals limited with the abuse over people because we don't want people ruling over us. We have things called freedoms and we get to live our lives the way that we want to, even though some of those uh, some of those on the other side of the aisle and those types of mindsets don't grasp that because they need the leader and they need a king or queen to tell them what to do with their life. And I just don't understand that concept. So now I've been spiraling in my head about, okay, well, cool. If we have now King Charles III, I don't know why I keep calling him King King Williams. I, I mean, he's the, William is in his name. He's got one of those four names that he can just choose from. Suppose he just now chose King Charles III. So, but now I'm thinking, now he's the king. If we're in a monarchy system, can't we go old school, like Middle Ages old school, and like just take it over and just become the new king? Because that's how things were. If you just dominate a society and just take over the throne, then you can become the king. And then everybody just kind of follows suit. And, okay, I guess that's the new king now. I guess that's the new queen now. This has been a monarchy within their lineage, uh, according to the Associated Press, for a thousand years. King Charles III faces the task of preserving a thousand-year-old monarchy that his mother nurtured for seven decades, but that now faces uncertainty and the challenges are immense. So now I'm wondering if there's any way for someone or another nation or another person that maybe their family lineage had the throne at some point throughout history to go and just take him over and be like, ha-ha, we now control England. Can someone do that? Is that a possibility? Now, I don't know how monarchies work now because monarchies are stupid. Because that makes no sense. So I'm curious. I mean, it's not going to happen. This is all theoretical, but it would be fun to watch, right? Be like, wow, we're really living in some Middle Ages now where someone's going to come up and actually take the throne. If back in the 12 and 13 and 1400s, if there was a 70 or 80-year-old guy that took the throne, that would be snatched up just like that, and there'd be a takeover in society. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just the things that make you go, hmm, because I would find that kind of interesting. So, but this guy apparently is a major threat as he's been all about the great reset he's been all about the global takeover he's been all about the global dominance and as we mentioned just in the last segment that he's been about militarizing against the private sectors in the world because he has lived that cushy life his entire life he has been the frequent flyer by the way to the jeffrey epstein island as well so i guess you have that going for you so you can tell the morality of what goes on under that guy's head but now that he's in his late years he's not done a damn thing in his entire life except for live the richy rich life as a prince of england going around doing whatever the hell he's wanted to do and now he thinks that he has some type of idea on how to control and dictate and influence individuals into bending to his will for his own political views this is why 
monarchies are like the dumbest type of system that you can have. This is why in the United States we limit government. This is why we make sure that not one person or a group of collective individuals have a massive amount of control over the people because when you don't do anything your entire life and now you all of a sudden have the authority to do whatever you want to over vast amounts of a population, that's a dangerous mixture right there, isn't it? And that's why he is a threat to the United States. I think that the relations between the U.S. and the U.K., even though we'll still be allies, I'm sure we'll be strained a little bit. As long as we have conservatives and Republicans that are in leadership here that might start balking and stepping away and slyly stepping into the corner and away from this guy because they don't want anything to do with him because he's kind of a nut, it sounds like. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe he'll be great, or maybe he'll be overthrown, or maybe he'll try to militarize against the private sector and see how well that works for him on the grand global scale. I think we're seeing another downfall of the United Kingdom. They went through it once a few times, and unfortunately, we may be seeing it again. That does it for us today. Tomorrow, Peter Navarro, former Trump advisor. He's been in the hot seat for a while. He's got his new book out. We'll talk with Peter Navarro on the program. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.